Today I want to jump in and talk to you about the tyranny of the urgent. And the tyranny of the urgent is basically uh, sometimes we get pressed with urgent needs, urgent things, and we make them priority over what should be priority in our life. So we're going to talk about that this morning. We'll, we'll, uh, uh, I've got several quotes here. John Wesley, though I am always in haste, I am never in a hurry because I never undertake more work than I can go through with calmness of spirit. So I don't know if you've ever taken more work than you can go through without calmness of spirit, but I have. And so uh, that's an interesting work principle there. C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, if you'll put first things first, we get the second things thrown in. Put second things first, and we lose both first and second things. And I thought that was a really good one. Garth Brooks said it this way. Some of God's greatest gifts... Or unanswered prayers. See, you don't know all the theologians, but you know what the country and western guy says. You know, we may know, uh, we may know what we want, but here's the truth, that God knows what we need. And if we're willing to consider God knows what we need better than we do, it can be a transformational moment for us. Meaning that we'll learn to prioritize our life the way that God intended and intends for us to prioritize our life. I was uh, listening to a preacher preach the other day and he was talking about how to make sure that you don't waste a day. And it really spoke to me and I thought, man, so that preacher's telling me he's never wasted a day? That's a pretty good, good man right there. You know, now that's what he said, but I'm a preacher. <laughs> I don't know that he wasted any type of time or anything like that, but I bet sometimes he's had his priorities out of order because it's easy for any and all of us. People tend to prioritize urgent needs over the eternal ones. And in God's eyes, our spiritual state is much more urgent than the laundry list of requests we typically bring Him in our prayers. So when you pray, oftentimes we pray quickly. Uh, last night I was praying with the children. I do their devotional at night. We're reading a book right now, as a matter of fact, called Everybody Always. Any of you read that book? Man, okay, good job, Caleb. As a matter of fact, that's the first place I saw it. And then it kept showing up everywhere uh, on my threads and different things people say hey have you read this you got to get this book you got to read this book and it just went on and on if you get a chance grab a hold of that book man that is an outstanding read I read it this weekend just one evening Friday evening I just read the whole book and then I thought you know I'm gonna take my kids through this so we're reading a chapter every night but that's a great book called everybody always and it teaches you how to prioritize love and how to uh how to prioritize basically people the people that God places in your life and so here's the thing oftentimes when we pray we pray this laundry list of prayers and we're typically asking him to help us for our wants not necessarily our needs and so our priorities can tend to get out of line with what God would have for us even in this day <clears throat> more than being thankful for our blessings we should be thankful that God faithfully pursues us and that we need and that he's created us with a need for him as a person of him so oftentimes we see surface symptoms but he sees the root problem we prioritize our lives around urgent needs god puts eternal needs first our prayers center around our physical comfort and well-being god is more concerned about our holiness you ever think of that <laughs> our prayers center around our physical comfort and well-being I, I teach my children to pray to be grateful for the house that we have and grateful for the roof that we have over our head and grateful that they have beds to sleep in. Sometimes a couple of them, uh, we, two of them are in bunk beds, right? <laughs> and so uh, they're fussing 
constantly about the one up above she rattles around and the one below Hadley's the one on the bottom and of course Hadley's the youngest and she wants everything just perfect she wants Emma to be quiet she doesn't want her to roll over in her bed uh, none of that when you go to bed you got to go to sleep and uh, so so we have to teach them about the prayer of thanksgiving however physical comfort and well-being may not be God's priority in our life you know God's more concerned about our holiness getting our attention doing the things for him for his kingdom purpose and his kingdom uh, responsibilities that he gives us see in our eyes oftentimes we have relationship problems but in his eyes we have a sin problem what we consider a financial problem he considers sin i.e indulgence what are health problems uh, when we pray over our health problems well we live in a fallen world and he sees co the consequences of our abuse and sometimes we don't even realize we abuse things i'm not a a uh, guy that abuses alcohol or have ever abused drugs. I've never ne abused drugs, never taken drugs, okay? I'm just going to tell you. But here, here, here's the thing. We can still uh, be addicts in, in certain ways. We can be addicts of comfort. We can be addicts of uh, food. Uh, that's one I have indulged myself with many times uh, and kind of enjoy it. You know, it just kind of there's this certain level when it hits there, it feels really good. But here's the thing. That's indulgence, right? And, and that can create health problems God cares about our pressing needs but more than anything he wants to address our primary need and what we see as urgent may not be what's most important often our prayers or in our prayers we feel like they go unanswered kind of like the Garth Brooks songs but really what God's looking for is what is your need what what does he see as as what's really rooted deep within you and there are times people are disappointed at God's answer to their prayers why? Because God overlooked the pressing, urgent need and answered the most important need. And that's what God's after for each and every one of us, to answer the most important need. In Mark chapter 2, verse 9, that's where we're going to be this morning. So hopefully I've laid an introduction there and we can jump in now and, and look at some, some context. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. So some men came bringing, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Now you've probably heard this story. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and after digging through it, lowered the mat to the paralyzed, uh, lowered the mat the paralyzed mat man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, duh. Jesus is God. If you didn't know that, hopefully I just enlightened you there. Verse 8. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that uh, this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, take up your mat and go home. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive these sins. He said to the paralytic, hey, take your mat up, or take your mat and go home. So before Jesus healed the paralytic, he did what? He forgave his sins. He's making a point here because the paralytic's pressing urgent need was not his primary need. 
What do you think his primary need was? Spiritual healing, right? Forgiveness of sins, if you want to say go that far. Holiness, all these things are his primary need. And here's the thing. Jesus is concerned more about your primary need than your pressing or your urgent need. And sometimes we have to remember that. Now, sometimes your pressing and urgent need is the top of his list as well. And I believe that's when you see the healing realm take place. That, that when you're prayed for, you're healed physically, if it's that type of physical healing, that is your most pressing need. Now, at the same time, Jesus is more concerned about the spiritual aspect of you knowing him. Of course, you probably know this. So, uh, good people, remember, don't always go to heaven. It's forgiven people, right? So, it's not always good people that go to heaven. Matter of fact, I don't know that good people make it to heaven. It's those who are forgiven and so Jesus is concerned about the deeper issue there. Eternal life is not a destination. Look, eternal life is really more about a relationship with Jesus and having life in him. That's, that's more than just a, the tyranny of the urgent. That is the most pressing, or that is the most primary need that God wants to fulfill in you. So what he most needed was forgiveness. If you believe that forgiveness of sin is your greatest need, how would your priorities change? Let's just be honest real quick. If we thought forgiveness of our sin was our greatest need, one of the ways that our priorities would change is we would stop what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. We'd probably stop the sin or at least attempt. Now, for some, you can attempt all you want, but you can't seem to overcome a besetting sin, a sin that continues to attack you. It seems to be tough to walk out of this sin. Well, that's where we, we call upon his strength and not try to walk out of it in our own strength, right? But God hears those prayers, man, and we don't quit praying for those. We keep believing that God is going to empower us to one day walk through or walk over that sin. But if you believe that forgiveness of your sin was your greatest need, your priorities would change. I think back to uh, some challenging times when I was since I've been a pastor, you know, and bringing people before the throne of God, I feel like there have been times I've dug a hole in that thatched roof and been one of the four that have lowered the paralytic to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want you to, to heal this person. I've shared this story years ago. I don't know if you've ever heard me share this story, but I've shared it a handful of times. But years ago, uh, when I was pastoring at Happy, we had a man and his wife who joined the church. His name was Bill, and his wife uh, shortly thereafter got diagnosed with cancer. And and eventually she was going for treatments in Amarillo. Now, the interesting thing about Bill, he had left, lost his first wife to the same type of cancer. So when he started taking his second wife, she, uh, they knew Bill by name. And so it was the same type of cancer, everything else. And, and long story short, basically, uh, he got to know the nurses really well through all their treatments again. And, and we kept all believing this is not going to happen to Bill twice. One day I was driving to Amarillo and I got the phone call that Sharon, she had just passed away. And so I turned around and I, I drove back. Now I'd already prayed over her many times. I'd gone in and laid my hands on her. She was in a hospital bed in her house uh, and had prayed and prayed and prayed for her. And I kept telling Bill, it's not going to happen to you again, man. God, some way healing's going to be uh, found in her and it's not going to happen. I mean, we had taken her before the throne throne of grace many many times i had uh, strong prayer warriors in this with me i had bill dubose in there with me at the time steve friskip 
was praying with me at the time. We, we all had been over there. We had all laid hands on her, anointed her with oil, prayed and prayed and prayed. And here, yet, she passed away. So when I pulled up in front of the house, she was still in the house. Bill had called me first. And <clears throat> I started walking up to the doorway. And when I got there, there was a glass. He had a, a glass screen door, if you will. And he was standing behind it. And I remember walking up there, and he just had tears running out of his eyes. And I just was shaking my head going, I just can't believe this happened, you know. And he opened the door, and he hugged me. And I said, Bill, you know, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't want this to happen to you. And I sure never thought it would happen a second time. I just, there are still things. Now, at this time, I'm about 30 years old. And I said, I just don't understand why God would, would even entertain such a thing. And he said, well, God healed her. And he said, you know, ultimately, he said, Curtis, we weren't going to church. We weren't actively participating. I thought about this. You know, I've had plenty of time over the last several months to really think about this. But uh, she was in a great place with Jesus, and she's at home with Jesus today. And I believe that this was the healing that he had for her. And so he helped me as a pastor really understand. I went back, actually, and wrote a song. And uh, Alice and I used to do this song on, on my guitar, and she would sing it. Um, but, but basically, it talks about how God... Uh, was really healing me at the same time that he was healing her. He was showing me his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. I was concerned about the tyranny of the urgent. He was concerned about the sincerity of her salvation. And so he was more concerned about the deeper issue, the deeper lying issue. I'm not saying that people are not physically healed today. They are. They are. Sometimes that's, that's the most pressing and most important need as well. Jesus knows that. We don't always know that. See, in this busy life I live, it is easy for me to forget the most important foundation of my faith, which is basically forgiveness, knowing that I have access to the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and His Son. And I am forgiven, which means that I am righteous, which means that it is as it should be, which means that I get to participate in heaven here on earth the things that we do should be eternal things not just urgent things they should be eternal things and we have to think through an eternal lens sometimes see the disciples they're they're interesting people uh they're they're chasing jesus jesus around and they're watching the urgent needs get taken care of sometimes and sometimes they're not taken care of and sometimes jesus goes on but as they walk with him they're learning his will they're learning his ways in Matthew chapter 6, they come to Jesus and they say, hey, teach us to pray. Because they know that the prayer of a righteous man will be effective, right? And so teach us, you're making us righteous as we walk with you. We're made righteous as we're forgiven in you. So teach us to pray. Teach us an effective prayer. And in Matthew 6, Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day your daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have our debts been forgiven. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now this is interesting. Now we talked about forgiveness here about um, two months ago, but but here's the thing. He's saying, hey, uh, the, the greatest need for a heavenly father that is righteous, that is holy, the greatest need for you is to be what? Forgiven because we're not. 
our righteousness and our holiness is only found in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, the flesh will not inherit the kingdom. Does everyone understand that? So the flesh that you're living in does not inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood do not enter, but the spirit of a man. And so God knows that our greatest need is actually forgiveness. Our greatest need is to learn how to forgive as well. So that's what he does. He forgives the paralytic sins, and then he says, hey, guess what? By the way, the tyranny of the urgent, I'll heal that too. But that's my choice. Thank you for bringing him to me. So we have a responsibility here. Men first, we have the responsibility to bring others before God. We have that responsibility. So over any urgent need, urgent care that we have during the day, when you see others, I hope that you see them as others in need, and I hope you have a willingness to bring them before God. I think that's a responsibility. The other is this. We have a responsibility then to allow God to do what He does and not necessarily have the expectation that He's going to meet our need through the way that we see our prayers being asked. We've got to let God do what He does. So when they brought Jesus in front of Him, what happens? They, 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 they lower this, this paralytic and and Jesus, he says, hey, your sins are forgiven. And they're like, wait a minute. Have, have you ever had a prayer like that? God's answered it differently. And you go, wait a minute. God, that's not what I was asking for. That's not what I was looking for. I thought this lady was going to get up and walk. What, what in the world? And he, but God knows the deeper issue there. And so rather than asking God, sometimes we need to celebrate with God that they are at a place now of hearing his voice, at a place of forgiveness, at a place of holiness, a place that they've received their righteousness as well. So those are basically the two things that I have for you this morning. What's your pressing, most pressing need today? That's something, something to answer because probably what's pressing most in your life is where most of your prayers are going to go. But sometimes it's not the most, most pressing thing that we need to be praying over. It's, it's supposed to be the most important thing that we're praying over and praying through. So we have to learn to balance that. And I think that's why he teaches us how to pray that way. Hey, how about give glory to your heavenly father? Bring them before the throne of grace. And after you've brought them before the throne of grace, let me work on both of you, not just that one. Right? I believe prayers are also for us. When you pray on behalf of someone else, you're also probably going to be worked on in that prayer as well. So what's your most pressing need today? How would God answer that question in your life? Those are great questions to start thinking about. Have you embraced holiness? Are you forgiven? Um, how are you praying for others out of urgency or for the will of God in their life? Now, careful with the will of God because I hear people say, let your will be done, right? And, and I think that's good, but I also believe God wants us to have a spirit of discernment when we say that prayer. So uh, he is trying to tell us, that's part of him speaking to us, how to pray for this person. So if we just pray, hey, Lord, let your will be done. That's an easy prayer, right? But sometimes God is saying, hey, wait, no, I want you to be specific. Pray over the cells in their bodies. Pray, pray over uh, the heart pumping right if they have a heart issue. We, right now we've got, I was looking at our list yesterday. We've got two people that we're praying over that are very, very young that have very weak hearts right now. Their hearts are, are way down. I mean, 15 percent and one of them's come up to about 25 percent the other one's 
uh, in the low 30s and, and we're praying over this. So, man, I'm praying the valves would open, the muscle would strengthen. You know, sometimes we just need to be more intentional in our prayers in that way. And yet at the same time, believing that as we hear God in that or maybe asking for the doctors to see something that we can't see or whatever it may be. But as we as we do that, we're not just saying that will be done. We're, we're saying, God, give us, help us to see into it as well. Whatever this may be, whatever the cause, whatever could strengthen their heart, help us to see into that and have a word for them from you as well. Because God has chosen to participate in this life with us.